Hello and welcome back to the What Would She Know podcast, the podcast where we talk about healing advice, consciousness, expansion, and the psychology of your 20s. I am your host, Lily Heenan, but what would I know? Was that cringe? <laughs> Me trying to do an introduction for my podcast. Bye. <laughs> anyway, guys, welcome to another episode. I am quite sick at the moment. I am going to set the scene right now. I'm currently in bed in my dressing gown. I'm feeling sorry for myself. Pretty sure I have COVID. I don't know. I tested negative or I have the flu. Someone that I was around on the weekend does is sick like me and just tested positive for it. But I'm not testing positive. But anyway, I just feel horrible and I needed to record this episode, but I wasn't getting out of bed to do it. Um, so I'm feeling sorry for myself and feeling shit. So yeah, that's where I'm at in my life currently. Today we are going to be talking about seasonal depression, how to beat seasonal depression, or you might have heard of it called the winter blues. I'll get into what it actually is if you guys have no idea what it is, but pretty much like basically the fact that winter's around, our mood changes, we can become more sad, we can actually become depressed, like it's a real thing. And I'm going to go into the science of why that is and how we can kind of overcome that and work with the winter months rather than letting it go against us. In Melbourne at the moment, the weather has been fucking ridiculous. I know in some of the overseas countries, I think you guys are actually coming into summer, but we're actually coming into winter and it's not even winter yet, but there were some days where it was like 10 degrees and I was like, fucking hell, it started. It has actually started. And that's okay because we are going to go through things They're going to get you through your seasonal depression. But before anything, like always, I will do my quote of the week and we will do gratitude. So the quote of the week for this week is, healing trauma with talk therapy alone is like mowing your lawn with scissors. And I wanted to add on this a little bit because when I read it, it was like, I think a lot of us think that when we have an issue and when we're dealing with trauma or mental health issues, that we just go to therapy and we're going to be okay. That's going to fix it. No, you, you, some of, one of the things I've learned in therapy myself is they're there as a guidance and a tool and it's great. And like I say all the time, I think a lot of us should be in therapy and we should all have access to it, be able to have access to it. I know not a lot of us can and not everyone can afford it. That's why I share a lot of my stuff on my podcast so people can have access to things that can help with their mood and their mental health. But you they're there to guide you. And there are so many other aspects that come with healing your trauma that needs to be done and, and addressed for you to be the best version of yourself. And and they can only do so much like therapists. I think for me, when I was in therapy for years, I was very much a victim. And I guess I just kind of assumed that going there would fix me, even though it was a great tool. But I then came to the realization that, yeah, my therapist is there and seeing a psychologist is helping me and this is what I need to be doing. But also I have to do everything that she's telling me to do, like exercise and eat right and all the little things that I talk about in my podcast and facing my anxiety and not avoiding places and all the little things. Otherwise, nothing is going to get better. And I think that some of the things that I've found my, with myself with my own healing journey and exploring things especially things like breath work and even cold water therapy now that I'm like really into that I've had more ad- advancements in my mental health 
through things like breath work and cold water therapy than I have with being on medication and seeing a therapist for like since I was 12 years old. And I just think that that goes to show that that quote, healing trauma with talk therapy alone is like mowing your lawn with scissors, is so true because you can't just do the one thing. You have to do everything in order to get better. Anyway, that's my little rant done. The three things that have gone well for me, I'm going to reflect on my weekend. I had a really good weekend. I went up to Queensland and visited my mom and caught up with some friends. And it was so nice. Like I had such a good time. The lifestyle up there, it makes me want to move up there so fucking bad. And I know I will one day, but it was just so nice to see everyone. And I'm grateful that I got to do that and get some really good weather for the weekend over Easter. It just, it makes such a difference on your mood. And I will get into that in a little bit. But the second thing that has gone well for me, you know what? My boyfriend bought home a lobster. Was it a lobster? It's like this big, yeah, it was a lobster, this big orange thing. Yeah, lobster. And I'm not really a fan of seafood, but I really want to start having it more and and liking it. Anyway, he brought it home. He went to the market. It was kind of like a little, not a surprise, but it was like, hey, I went and got this from the market. We're going to eat it and you're going to try it. And I actually really enjoyed it. So shout out Muzz for making me try the lobster because I actually really did enjoy it. The last thing that I'm grateful for is I've obviously touched on it a little bit, guys, but I've been in the middle of doing a breathwork instructor course and I finished my exam. You had to do an exam for it. And like there was all this online training, in-person training. You had to do an exam and to be able to get like my actual qualification for it, you have to work with three people for three weeks and do like kind of a case study thing. And I've been lucky enough to find people and like my friends letting me be their guinea pigs and letting me work with them and taking it seriously. I'm just so grateful that they're allowing me to do that. If you're listening to this, you know who you fucking are. I fucking love you. And yeah, I'm just so grateful that I have friends like that who are open. And if they weren't letting me do this, I wouldn't be able to get my qualification. So shout out to them. Obviously in Australia right now, we're coming into winter and fuck me. I can already feel the winter blues coming through. I love winter but I also love summer and winter definitely affects my mood and how I function. And I know a lot of you can relate. So I thought that this was going to be a really good topic and a lot of you would be able to get something out of it. So what is seasonal depression and the winter blues? So fun fact, I know like, oh, I have seasonal depression, gets thrown around a lot. Guilty. I'm guilty of saying that, but it's actually considered a disorder. And I don't like using the word disorder, but it's called seasonal affective disorder or SAD, which is quite fitting. And it's a fo- it's an actual form of clinical depression. And while it's normal to have different emotions as humans, clinical depression is actually quite serious. And what I mean by clinical is that it's quite severe. So what it is, it's an emotional state marked by sadness, low motivation, feeling down, low energy. Quite similar to depression. Well, it is a it is a type of depression, and you know people can lose interest in their activities that they once loved or enjoyed. They feel quite sluggish. They struggle with insomnia, or they sleep too much. They have a lot of food changes, body changes. They have a lot of feelings of guilt. And in order to be diagnosed by a professional, this has to last longer than a few weeks. It usually occurs in the winter where there is less sunlight. 
And obviously symptoms are going to vary from person to person, but obviously you can go and get a diagnosis for this if you want to, but it needs to be within the season and last more than a few weeks of the symptoms that I've just listed. And how, how Lily, how do we get seasonal depression in the winter? The impact of the weather that can have on us is and feels ridiculous until you get out of those winter months, right? And all of a sudden you're excited, you're spending your days outdoors with energy, your mood's lifted, you feel on top of the world, you're happy, you're motivated. It's literally like the sadness has literally left your body, but that's because it literally has and that's because the weather literally does impact us that way. You know what's really interesting is that even though people can get the disorder and can be diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder, even in places where it has nothing to do with the weather, but the fact that they have a job where they are indoors all day and they never go outside and they never see the sunlight. So if you're feeling depressed and you work inside all day and you sit at a desk and you never go outside, that could probably be a reason why you're feeling like that. And this this is because we weren't supposed to stay indoors all day and sit at desks and never see the sun as human beings. We were supposed to be outside. So that's kind of like what a little bit of a brief summary on what seasonal depression and the winter blues is, also known as seasonal affective disorder. But now I want to go into why do the seasons and the winter actually impact our mood. So pretty much our body gets most of our vitamin D through the sun, which I think most of us would already know that. But of course, the sun is hardly existent in the winter months, especially here in Melbourne in Australia. Studies have shown that vitamin D deficiency leads to depression, anxiety, and other mood-related disorders. It can even be our lifestyle, like I said before, the fact that you might be working a nine-to-five job inside or you're at uni all day and your entire day is spent inside not exposing yourself to natural light. You and me and everyone in the world, we're not supposed to be indoors. Like that Think back to our ancestors, right? They they literally lived outdoors. And a lot of the problems that have arisen over the years, like with our health and our mental health and diseases and all that, a lot of it comes back to the environment that we all live in now. So things like the fact like our lifestyle, like the whole working a nine to five job, being indoors all day, like being in big cities, our food has changed. We have been introduced to all of these toxins, even like beauty products that are all hormonal disruptors, things like alcohol, technology, all of the things that have like been introduced that we get told are positive actually aren't most of the time. And it is impacting us in so many ways that you guys have no idea about. So it's really important to become conscious and aware. That's one of my messages behind this podcast is I want you to allow yourself to expand your consciousness and expanding yourself to those ideas and those concepts of, hey, maybe my lifestyle and the lifestyle that I currently live in, like this generation, while there's a lot of pros, there's also a lot of fucking cons. Maybe I could step back or cut back on a few of the things that I'm doing. For example, I I'm pretty sure I've spoken about this before, but one thing I used to do religiously is wear sunscreen because that's what you get told, right? And I think there is 
good intention behind sunscreen with aging or whatever, even though at the end of the day, aging is inevitable, right? Like seriously, blessed to everyone who obviously wants to look after their skin and stuff. And if we can prevent aging and you actually can, amazing. But guys, you can't, you literally can't prevent aging. Like it's going to happen. Anyway, I understand people wear it for that kind of aspect, like trying to prevent aging and they don't want skin cancer and they don't want to damage their skin. Anyway, that's what we always get told, right? And that's what I believe. So I'd wear sunscreen every day. Since expanding my consciousness to everything that I'm learning now through other people and people like functional doctors and people who are making a stand on what's really going on in the world and our health and companies like Big Pharma, with sunscreen, right, it actually does more harm than good because the chemicals that are in that sunscreen is full of hormonal disruptors, which impact so many things with our health, female health. Male's testosterone is like, there's a fucking problem with male testosterone at the moment. And this is what a lot of the researchers are saying is because it's all of all of the fucking chemicals that we put on our skin, like sunscreen. Anyway, going back to the sunscreen c- concept, we get told to wear sunscreen to prevent ourselves from skin cancer, right? Which is true. But skin cancer didn't, like, it wasn't a thing until like the 1980s or something. And guess when that was? That was when they started to introduce highly processed and highly inflammatory products and foods into our diets. And a lot of people are saying, and there's research on this, that We don't burn because of the sun. We're supposed to be out in the sun, guys. Like our ancestors were in the sun for hundreds and thousands of years and they never got burnt and they never had these problems. But when we got exposed to this highly processed and highly inflamed foods, like junk food and fucking McDonald's and eating sugar and processed shit all the time, that's what actually makes us burn because we're fueling our bodies with shit and that's what is actually making us sick. Anyway, anyway, what I'm trying to say is that they have made us to believe that being in or indoors all day is healthy. It's not. Never seeing the sun is healthy and that we should avoid it. It is not. It is literally linked to diseases and mental health problems like depression if you aren't getting enough sunlight and vitamin D. And yeah, if you think back to our ancestors, they were hardwired to be outdoors and get natural food and be in the sun and in nature and be around their community. And this concept hasn't changed. Our brain still operates on the same biology and systems that our ancestors did. And obviously, like I've been saying, lifestyle and our environment has evolved and it has changed. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing in all aspects because we still have the same systems and biology that our ancestors did. And we need all of those things like good food and sunlight and getting outdoors and being in a good community. The seasons also impact our mood and they do this by changing or changes are made to our circadian rhythm, which is our body clock. And it's a 24-hour cycle that impacts our sleep, mental health, and our physical health. Circadian rhythms are mostly affected by light and darkness and are controlled by a small area in the middle of our brains. And they can affect sleep, body temperature, hormones, our appetite and other body functions. Abnormal circadian rhythms may be linked to obesity, diabetes, depression, bipolar disorder, 
seasonal affective disorder, like we've been talking about, and sleep disorders such as insomnia. Circadian rhythm is sometimes called the body clock, like I just said. And this, how this all works, sorry, my throat. How this all works is that there are cells in our brain that respond to light and dark. So your eyes capture the changes in your environment and then send signals to different cells about when it's time to be sleepy or awake. And those cells then send more signals to other parts of our brain, which activate other functions that make you more tired or more alert. And of course, in the winter months, it's not as bright as early and there isn't as much brightness. So our circadian rhythm gets a little bit messed up, but I obviously have tips for overcoming this. And if you're messing up your sleep or you work night shift, working at night and sleeping during the day increases depression because they aren't in sync because people who do night shift and people who sleep in and go to bed late aren't in cycle with their circadian rhythm and obviously I've just explained what that is and the impact that it has on our brain and our mood. If you aren't in sync with your circadian rhythm and you aren't getting up and having sunlight in your eyes straight away, obviously all of that's going to be fucked up and it has been linked to things like depression, bipolar, diabetes, obesity and insomnia. So that's kind of how the season impacts our mood. It obviously impacts our mood by not getting enough vitamin D, being indoors all day, not enough light. Our circadian rhythm gets messed up because of how dark it is in the mornings. So now I'm going to give you some tips on surviving seasonal depression. I want you to go and get your blood test done. There is so much research out there that links nutrient deficiencies such as vitamin D, B, omega-3 fatty acids to quote-unquote mental illnesses, but most psychologists and psychiatrists will not tell you that or tell you to go and get your blood test done and want to check that because they don't get taught that. And they will just want to throw you on meds, which I get. They're trying to help you, but also your depression could be a lack of vitamin D. And a lot of the mental health symptoms that we see today are very much linked to nutrient deficiency. So it's important to go and get your blood work done, I'd say once a year, and go and work with a naturopath or something or even research it yourself on how you can kind of like read them properly. I don't know if I'm being biased here and I don't know if it's all doctors, but I'm pretty sure it's most based on what I hear from other people. If you go and get blood tests done, ask for a back. Like don't, there's been so many times where I've had my blood test done and there's been something off and something not right. And my doctor would just be like, yep, you're normal. That's fine. And what they're doing is they're basing what they're seeing with the whole rest of the population and because what I'm experiencing and the symptoms that I'm experiencing and my hormone and blood test results is quote-unquote normal because it's so common in our society but it doesn't make it normal. So I remember I went and got my blood test done. This was probably when I was like 16 maybe and my vitamin D levels were so low and this was when I was really struggling at the time and my doctor never said anything about it. They never brought it up. I got put on antidepressants and then I went back and I think maybe it was a few years after that, maybe one or two, even three years after, I went to a naturopath and I had recent blood tests done, but I also gave her my old ones. And she looked at it and she said, did anyone mention anything about your vitamin D? I was like, nope. And she was like, your vitamin D was so 
you were so deficient in vitamin D. Like that could have been why you were depressed. And I was like, of course, that's the case. Anyway, my vitamin D levels are all good now. I do supplement with a vitamin D supplement that I will talk about in a little bit, but they're just the little things that I think are really important. And regardless, take your tests and research them yourself or go and work with someone like a naturopath. Don't don't always trust the doctor because I know a lot of people that have been told that there's nothing wrong with them and they're fine, when in reality that is not the case. And the reason for vitamin D being linked to seasonal depression is because vitamin D is a mood stabilizer and is important for our immunity and mood. I recommend you guys supplementing with vitamin D. I supplement with athletic greens. I Obviously, with the sun not being around in the winter months, it is very important for us to supplement with vitamin D, even if we are getting it in our food. I highly recommend supplementing with it regardless. I've spoken to a lot of professionals who recommend doing so, and it's a massive percentage of the population is deficient in vitamin D, and most people recommend you to supplement with it regardless. And it makes sense that a lot of people suffer from seasonal affective disorder, right? Like I said at the start, because when it's winter and we're not getting as much sun, they're not getting as much vitamin D. And if vitamin D is a mood stabilizer, of course, they're not going to feel great and their mood is going to be low and they're going to be feeling depressed. That is how important vitamins are and going and getting that blood work done. A lot of people don't talk about this, but it is so important, guys. Yeah, I was lucky enough. I take athletic greens every day. It's got all your vitamin and minerals that you need and It's got gut health stuff in it as well and just like everything that I stand for is in the one product and I was just lucky enough when I did originally buy Athletic Greens with your first order they give you a year's supply of vitamin D and like it says vitamin D and K something so I just use that. I don't have it every day but I will have it every day now that the weather is changing because obviously I was getting outdoors a lot and I was seeing the sunlight and yeah but now that the weather is changing I will be taking that vitamin D every day. I think obviously it's really important to say stay active and try and do it outdoors if you can. If you can go to the gym great. If you can't even get outdoors or go to the gym just even turn to things like YouTube. You can get really cheap little workouts not cheap, literally free workouts on YouTube that you can follow. Moving your body is so important and it's going to help you with your mood. I put up a TikTok and Instagram reel. I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was a recent study that came out that said, like, I know a lot of people, because I was once in this situation as well when I was fucking depressed and someone told me to exercise, I would literally think to myself, oh my fucking God, you don't get it. How dare you say that to me? Like, No one understands what it's like to be depressed. Like, how dare you? Blah, 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 which that was the mindset that I was in. And I get it. Like, people who are depressed and that's how they feel, I fucking get it. But when you start doing it and you start doing all the things that people recommend, you will come to the realization where you go, hey, everything that people did recommend and told me to do that works actually works. And I actually feel so much better. But anyway, I put up a reel. And it was pretty much me discussing that there was a study that came out and showed that exercise was more effective than medication and therapy for treating depression. 
this is no joke, guys. Like I know people who are depressed and it can be hard. I think obviously all three are great if you're in that state, but it it really works. Like there's so much science to it and evidence and I can't really try and convince you guys to move your body or exercise more than I already do with this podcast. But the battle is between you and yourself and I can only do so much and trying to convince you so much. Just as little as going for a 15-minute walk, that's all you have to do. Get outdoors, 15 minutes, work it up to 30 minutes a day. You can do this. It is going to help your mood so much. One thing that I also find really interesting and I wish more people spoke about was the placebo effect. So I don't know if you guys know, his name is Dr. Eamon. He's a psychiatrist from America. He just went on the Diary of a CEO's podcast. You guys have got to listen to that episode if you haven't already or go and follow Dr. Eamon on Instagram. He is literally incredible. He's more He more focuses on brain health and he says that like most of the mental illnesses we call today aren't mental illnesses. It's because of our brain health. And he was saying that I think 50% of studies show that Half of the studies looking into if antidepressants work, 50% of the time it comes back that the effects of antidepressants working, 50% of it is a placebo effect. So does that not just like freak you guys out or just think, what the fuck? Why does no one talk about this? You're telling me that 50% of people who take antidepressants only get better because they think that they're taking a drug that is going to make them feel better. But in reality, it's the power of their own mind. You'll literally think you're thinking to yourself because what they'll do in these trials is they'll have like, let's just say 50 people who get the actual antidepressant and then 50 people who don't get an antidepressant. They'll just get like a sugar pill. It's like literally nothing, but they don't know that. They think that they're getting an antidepressant. So they're taking this fake pill and because they're taking it, the power that their mind has over the way that they feel is literally because they're telling themselves that they're taking something that's going to make them feel better. What? So you're telling me if I told myself that it's literally like, I don't know if you guys do this, but sometimes if I'm like, oh, I think I'm getting sick. I actually am sick, guys, right now. But you're like, oh, I think I'm getting sick. And then all of a sudden these symptoms start coming on, but you're not actually sick. Your mind's literally tricking you. you your mind has... You have tricked your mind into thinking that you are sick and then you start getting physical symptoms, but you're not actually sick. That is a placebo effect. That is, it just fucking blows my mind. Anyway, another thing that Dr. Eamon said on that podcast episode, I'll leave it in the link notes if you guys want to listen to it. I'll share on my story as well. It's seriously such a great fucking episode. He said that his nephew, right, attacked someone like he was really young. I'm pretty sure he attacked a girl or something at school. And his nephew's mom called up Dr. Eamon and was like, I'm fucking freaking out. I don't know what's going on with, with my son. He did this. And I've also just gone into his room and I found two drawings. One of the drawings was of this little boy shooting up a school and hanging himself in the tree. And he was like, I, I don't like, what, what do we need to do? This boy needs help, obviously. So Dr. Eamon went and spoke to him and he said, you know, is anyone bullying you? He was like, no. Is anyone touching you in any inappropriate places? He's like, no. He asked him all these questions. Nothing was going on. And this little boy was like, I just, I don't get it. Like I'm angry all the time and I, I don't know why I'm feeling like this. And Dr. Eamon 
said 999 psychiatrists in that situation would have said therapy and medication. But what Dr. Amen did is because he more focuses on getting to the root of the problem, obviously, which I think that's what I want to advocate for when I go into whatever field I am in for mental health. He did a brain scan, which, like he said, 999 out of 1,000 psychiatrists wouldn't have done that. They would have just said medication and therapy. Anyway, he did this brain scan and he found a tumor the size of a golf ball in the area of his brain that is linked to aggression. And that is why he was having those symptoms. He wasn't having those symptoms because he was just some nutter of a kid. He had a fucking tumor on his, on his brain, but most people wouldn't have done that. And of course, people need medication. I've been on medication. I've had friends that have been on medication, family. I think it's really important and people need it. Not everyone needs it though. Do you know what I mean? Like some people need it and that's great and we should support them with that and that's their choice at the end of the day. But you don't have depression because of a chemical imbalance in your brain. They have tried to make us believe that for years, but that's not the case. There's been a big literature review that's come out and said that depression isn't because of a chemical imbalance in the brain. So if we're giving people medication filled with chemicals, what is that actually doing? I think that sometimes that can be the case, but it's not the case for everything. And obviously people need medication, but I think medication should be a last resort. Medication helps people and it has saved fucking lives. And I think we should all be grateful that we do live in a generation that we do have access to medication because it has fucking saved people's lives and it has helped them to get out of dark places. But again, I'm a huge advocate for looking at all the other little things first before you turn to that. And if you want to be on medication while turning to these things, great, go fucking you. Look at you. You want to better yourself and you you want to get better. I, I think for me, I remember when I was on antidepressants and I was on them and I wasn't doing anything to better my life. I just thought fucking all these, this medication is going to help me. It didn't. But yeah, you need to be doing, like I said, come back to the quote, this week's quote, you need to be doing other things in your life. You need to be doing all the one percenters, whether that be medication and exercise and taking your vitamin D and being surrounded by a good community and getting quality sleep in order to be your best optimal self. And that's what we want. Everyone wants to be the best optimal self. Another recommendation that I have for surviving seasonal depression is getting a sunlight clock. And this mimics the light that we should get when we first wake up in the morning. And it, it obviously doesn't do the same, like going back to the circadian rhythm and how important getting natural sunlight in our eyes the first thing in the morning and when we wake up. It's not the same, but it's still going to help you. And even if you can't go and get a sunlight clock, I will tend to turn the lights on straight away so you do have that light and it does set your circadian rhythm better than what just laying in the dark would do. And Dr. Andrew Huberman did a podcast episode in his sleep episode. If you guys want more detail about it, he is way more knowledgeable than me. He's a bit very, some of his content is quite heavy, just very scientific, but he's great. And you'll learn a lot from it if you wanted to go and listen to one of his episodes on sleep. He does break down the whole circadian rhythm a lot better and explains it better than I have. I also think it's a great idea to switch up your hobbies. So if you're someone who really enjoys swimming at the beach and that was kind of one of your hobbies in summer, 
and you don't want to get rid of that and the thought of getting rid of that makes you feel fucking depressed, why don't you change it to swimming indoors where the water isn't as cold and you can still do the hobby that you enjoy doing. But you guys know I'll advocate for cold water therapy any day and if you want to go swim at the beach when it's fucking freezing, I advocate for that because we know the benefits and how good cold water therapy is for us if you have listened to my episode on the science behind cold water therapy. Bright light therapy is also a really good one. This is kind of similar to a sunlight clock. So it compensates for the lack of light we get in the winter months. It has to be one that mimics natural sunlight though. And it's not just a clock, it's an actual like light and it mimics natural sunlight and it can't just be any light. So if you do this consistently every morning, like you go and get a bright light therapy box and you turn it on and I'm pretty sure if you look at it for a certain amount of time, it mimics the natural sunlight that we're supposed to be getting, which sets our circadian rhythm up, like I've said, which is really important for our mood. And it's going to improve your symptoms drastically if you are struggling with a seasonal affective disorder. I shouldn't say it like it's some fun thing because it is absolutely not at all. I'm not taking the piss out of it, I promise. I just came off my tongue. Obviously, the quality of your food is fucking important. We want to be eating a really well-balanced, nutritious diet. Guys, you want to be eating meat, grass-fed beef. We don't want the meat with all the fucking hormones and the ones where they're fucking, what is it, factory farming, all that's really bad. I know times are fucking tough with prices, but I'll try and get grass-fed beef most of the time because that is like not just grass-fed beef but grass-fed meat because that is the best quality fucking meat and we need to be eating stuff like that. Obviously, fruits and veg, things like bone broth, a different variety of food and spices and herbs so you're getting all of your where you can get all of your vitamins and minerals best as you can. And of course, carbs, carbs are really important. But and so is treating yourself, but staying away from highly processed foods and sugars and highly inflammatory diets is important because it does play a part on our mood and our hormones and our emotions and the quality of our sleep. I could literally go on for fucking ever with what highly processed foods does to us. And it's addicting, I know, eating highly processed foods and sugars. Like, it's fucked. I think I know I've re referenced this podcast episode a bit now, but Dr. Amen, when he was talking to doing the episode with Stephen Bartlett on Diary of a CEO, I love that podcast, by the way, he was saying that they were talking about the impact of highly processed foods on our brain health that's like even linked to things like Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff, which I'm pretty sure they're ca calling Alzheimer's and dementia type 3 diabetes now because that's how much of an impact, like I keep saying, highly processed foods and sugars has on our fucking brain. But they were saying that they get that it's so hard and of course they still eat it every now and then, they're just a lot more cautious of it. But like you literally will go into a gas station or a service station and there is nothing healthy in there. It's literally just highly processed. And even the water, they were talking about the water, like the quality of the water, the fact that they're in plastic bottles. It's all fucking terrible for us. But what they, one of their tips that they were saying is that they recommend carrying high quality foods 
on you, with you. So when you do want to eat something and you're feeling peckish, you've got it there. And one of Dr. Amon's tips was before he eats something, he goes, is this good for my brain? They talk about that instant gratification and why our generation struggles with it so much because obviously like we'll eat shitty food for that instant gratification because it makes us feel good in that moment. But long term and half an hour, an hour later, like we feel shit and we're bloated and we feel lethargic because we're eating highly processed foods and that's what it's doing to our body. But yeah, that was one of his tips to have food on you handy and ready to go so you're more likely to make better choices around your food. Infrared saunas are another great one for our mood. I also think booking a little holiday when it's warmer, even for a weekend with your friends or by yourself or any type of vacation that's going to boost your mental health, great idea. And I think embracing the winter months and shifting your attitude towards it can be really powerful. Stop saying you hate the winter. I get it. But by shifting your perception, it can shift your symptoms and reality, like I've told you guys with the whole placebo thing. So I want you to try and swap out all the negative thoughts and beliefs you have. You can even start saying things like, I hate winter, but change that to instead, I just really love summer. Or I'm I'm getting excited because I associate winter with hot chocolates and oats in the morning and rugging up in my big jackets and boots. Really trying to shift your attitude on how you perceive winter is obviously going to affect how you feel. And it's not going to be forever for a lot of us. Just think about that. And as a last resort, I know that I've already spoken about this, but I think if you are doing all of that or you do just need a bit of extra assistance, medication, go and see someone. Sometimes we need extra help and we know that is completely okay. Please go and speak to your doctor, but please go and get your blood blood test done first. Please, 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 please go and get your blood test done first and supplement with vitamin D. I promise you it's going to make a big difference. I did ask you guys on my story what you do to help with, I said, how do you stay on top of beating your seasonal depression slash winter blues? And this is what you guys have said. Remember that you can control, stick to your routine and make time for self-care. Surround yourself with people that make you happy. Stay connected with the outdoors whenever I can. Acknowledge the beauty of winter. It's so pretty. Rain, hard eyes, cozy vibes. Yes, is what I was saying. Enjoy hot food slash drink that warms your soul. Live in the sun whenever it's out. Up vitamin D intake, sunrise alarm. Take up winter hobbies. Rugged up walks every day. Resetting my goals and picking a hobby I love to do. Doing that more regularly. Vitamins. No advice but need this right now. Mood board for the summer. Slave away in winter to enjoy the break. Gratitude and cozy activities like getting comfy with a blanket and movie. Buying winter workout gear to feel cute in the winter months, lol. No, I fucking love that. Any excuse for new active wear, I didn't need to hear that. I have a problem with buying active wear, but anyway. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I do have a recommendation of the week. I take this product when I feel sick all the time and it fucking works. I only just took it this morning because I woke up feeling shit and I don't think it's going to help if I have COVID. But I used to take this all the time, especially in the winter months when my immune system was fucked and I needed a bit of a pick-me-up. It is called Armor Force. I don't know if you guys know what it is, but it's a 
product that contains herbs and nutrients to reduce the severity of common cold symptoms, reduce mild fever, and support healthy immune functions. And they say that, like, obviously, when we take Panadol and all of that stuff, it makes us feel better when we are sick, but it actually doesn't make us better. Like, it's not trying to address what's going on. And this is what that product assists in doing. Like, it addresses our immune system. So if you miss that, it's called Armor Force. You can literally get it from chemists or online if you need like an immune system pickup or something when you're sick. I have been like on the Armor Force bandwagon for years and yeah, I thought it was quite fitting because I'm fucking sick right now. It's coming up to winter and I think it's definitely a product that everyone needs in their cupboard. And especially apparently it's really good if you do always get sick as well. Like you can take it more often if you are someone who gets sick all the time, as well as taking it when you are sick. Anyway, guys, if you have loved today's episode, share this to someone who you think needs to hear this, or if you know someone who struggles with their mood in the winter, or if they have struggled with seasonal depression, or if they dread thinking about winter because of how it makes them feel and their whole routine changes, send this to them. Hopefully they can take something out of it. Hopefully you've taken something out of it too. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you could give me a rating and review, of course, only if you like the podcast and even share it to your stories. I love it when you guys share my podcast episodes to your stories and you tag me. It allows me to help reach people authentically. I hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Pray for me. Hopefully I'm better soon and I will see you in the next episode. Remember, nothing changes if nothing changes.